Hey everyone, I'm John Zygrzbowski and this is a blind entrepreneurship bonus episode brought to you by Penji, a podcast that helps entrepreneurs and business professionals execute their vision to profitability. This week's episode comes from a Penji masterclass that features Mitch Schoenman, the co-founder of Showtime Media Management. In this episode, Mitch details his daily routine for tracking new trends, keeping up with an, over, or an ever-changing social media landscape, and the pros and cons of having your spouse as a business partner. The episode in particular of this masterclass is talking about the timing of the next big trend in marketing. And if you like this episode, head over to tbeshow.com and drop a comment and go out there and execute your vision and enjoy the rest of this episode. Uh, see and hear me. Uh, my name is Sakina. I'm the director of partnerships here at Penji. And welcome to today's Penji masterclass. Um, our topic for today is timing the next big trends in marketing. And I'm joined by a very special guest, Mitch Schoenman the co-founder of Showtime Media Management, and he's going to talk with us about some strategies that he uses um, to time, you know, trends in marketing and, and stay on top of things. So, um, Mitch, just to start off, can you tell people a little bit about your company, what you do, how you founded it, and, you know, the services that you provide? Yeah, absolutely. First off, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Um, my name is Mitch Schoenman. Um, I run Showtime Media. We are a full service digital marketing company. Um, we offer content creation, copywriting, um, pay-per-click ad campaigns, you name it. Um, we do it and we put that all together in an effort to um, what we call increase social selling opportunities. So not only are we trying to create quality content and build authentic relationships in the digital space but if we're not increasing sales revenue then we're not doing our job so that's kind of our company mission and um, that's a little bit about what we do gotcha and what type of clients do you normally work with is it agencies do you, that you work with or yeah so we work with a broad uh broad scope of com or industries we we work with anyone from restaurants to construction to e-commerce. We do partner with other agencies to help them complete, um, you know, different projects that they may have for their clients. So we do a little bit of all of the above. <laughs> gotcha. And, yep. and how did you actually uh, co-found the company? What was the process and what were you doing before this? Yeah. Yeah. So I was in sales before this. I was in uh, logistics sales where I was calling trucking companies and trying to pair up, um, uh, shipments with them and my wife um, she actually majored in marketing and was all into kind of the influencer space she has her own blog and everything like that so um, she was always extremely entrepreneurial I didn't like what I was doing so she said I want to start my own business and I just jumped at the opportunity I didn't know anything about marketing really I didn't know anything about the industry I was getting into I just wanted to sell and I just wanted to build. And so that's kind of how it started. And um, so I'm educating myself in marketing still on a daily basis, which I know we're going to jump into, I think is important to be doing anyways, but that, it was kind of a random thing for me. It was kind of, uh, I'm just going to jump in and see what happens. So, so your wife is your business partner. She is. Yep. Wow. So what's that, what's that dynamic? Like, is that hard to balance the personal? Yeah, at first it was hard. Um, we were doing it part-time for a while, um, working our other jobs. So it would be a lot harder then because whenever we were working on the business, we were always together. So now that we're working on the business full-time, um, you know, we're, we're separate. I'm on a lot of sales calls doing my own thing. She's doing her own thing. She runs the creative side of the business. I run sort of the ops side of the business. So we're in our own different worlds all day. So it's not very difficult. Yeah. So most people, unless you're a natural salesperson, most people don't really lean towards sales or really right. like sales at all. What are some of the things that you like about selling? 
I just like the hunt of it. Um, we were talking before we started recording. I come from an athletic background, so to me, um, the thrill of the chase is very important to me. I was in sales, like I said before. I just didn't like the industry that I was in. Mm-hmm. Um, I happen to really love the industry we're in now, which is why I'm still, you know, <laughs> trying to build this company. But, um, but yeah, the, I, I think that's really the biggest thing is the thrill of the chase. I like talking to new people. Yeah. Um, you know, being able to get on the phone with people all around the world. The technology that we have now allows for relationships to be built anywhere and so it's a really cool thing gotcha and what are some uh tips that you can give to someone who's trying to get better at sales and may not be there yet just keep prospecting i think the biggest issue and i'm young and i'm still getting better every day but the biggest thing that i've seen with myself and with other people who struggle in sales is that they just don't prospect they expect business to come through their doors and i mean i even i actually got an email back um i I was sending cold emails uh, a couple mornings ago and i got an email back that said i would never work with an agency who sends cold emails and i was like that's crazy. So you, you you wouldn't work with someone who prospects for sales. Right. Like to me, that that was just so backwards. Yeah, exactly. Like if you're selling, you have to be prospecting, and that would be my biggest piece of advice. Okay, got you. So let's talk marketing. Um, yeah. So Showtime Media. What are some of the the pros and cons, or some of the advantages that you see with following the trends in marketing? Because things change a lot. The landscape changes a lot. And so that can sometimes be uh, a hurdle. So what are some of the pros and cons you see with following trends? Yeah, so some of the pros, let's start there. I think there are definitely more pros than cons. Some of the pros are that you're able to find things that work in ways for your business that you never imagined. Um, If you're willing to keep up with the trends that are seemingly endless and you're willing to implement them, that's the biggest thing is, are you willing to give these a shot and are you willing to give them a shot long enough for them to work? And if you are, you can really find things that work for your business that you never thought. I mean, we've, uh, we've worked with a lot of construction companies who would never even have thought about getting on social media. And I know social media, you know, that's old news. Everyone's on social media, but to them, that's a trend. And so getting them on social media, it's exploded their business because of the, you know, the inbound leads that they get from putting their projects out for people to see. Yeah. It changes their lives. And, um, you know, that is something that's a pro finding those things. A con is that there are so many different trends you can't possibly implement all of them. And if you can try to implement all of them, you probably don't have the time to let them work themselves out the way they need to work themselves out because these things take time, right? Building an audience takes time. So I would say those are the two biggest pros and cons. Gotcha. And do you have an example of some, a trend that you've uh, started um, implementing lately that has worked and that you, that you stuck with? Yeah, you know, what's funny is that for so long, and I think still, but people are, people are getting off it. So video became a huge trend and it's still people are doing it, but video became such a trend that people quit doing all of the other things that worked previously, right? I I feel like there was like a disappearance of written content and for a while, probably about a year ago, I was just putting out tons of written content, tons of, and, and people weren't consuming it. And so now it's coming back. And it's working for me. People are reading the written content. It's helping us get new business. People actually in sales situations or client meetings, they'll reference what they read on a blog post or something like that. So I think that actually written content is coming back as a trend. Mm. It was a trend long ago, but I think it's coming back. I could be wrong, but I see it working for us. Yeah. Yeah. 
agree with yeah. that, especially for, you know, for SEO purposes, you need that. For Absolutely. Your business, so yeah. That's crucial. Um, with you being on the sales side and your wife being on the creative side, how do you both, are there conflicts um, about what trends you should follow, what trends you shouldn't follow, or do you kind of just trust each other too? that's a very trusting relationship on the trends um yeah i mean honestly she'll come to me with something this happens on a daily basis we both start our day off and maybe we can talk more about this as we get into it but we both start our day off with picking up on trends in some way so then we don't have a formalized meeting about hey this is what's going on but we'll just talk about it she may come to me with something that she learned i may come to something or come to her with something that i learned and we talk about it that way and if we feel like it's necessary to implement we'll do that yeah, I know you talked about how you thought written content was outdated at some point. Um, mm. Is there anything else that, you know, really used to work, I guess, back in the day that you still use now that most people see as an outdated thing? And is there anything you see in the future that you think is going to be the next big trend? You know, I... <laughs> I think it's industry dependent, but there are industries where a lot of older marketing things still do work. Like, um, you know, in, in the more old school industries, I've seen direct mail still work. I mean, it's expensive, yeah. but it can, it can offer you a good return. If you're the, the thing is, is how much, or what's your ROI? You know, if you're, if you're a heavy machinery company and when you make one sale, your revenue from that might be 50, a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand $200,000, then maybe that expense is worth it. If you're selling $10 pieces of jewelry, that's not going to be worth it. You know, so you got to look at the ROI, but that works in some industries, which is crazy. Um, I think the biggest thing rather than, you know, what's, what do people see as outdated? I think what people tend to fall into which we try to stay away from is people will get into one trend and only use that one trend we try to use a combination of everything that's worked in the past and is continuing to work and if something goes dead we may scrap it but it's about combining all of those different trends or all of those different strategies into one strategy that works for you yeah so you said you start your day, uh, you and your wife start your day with talking about uh, different trends that are going on now. What are some of the resources or platforms you use to stay up to date on what's, every, what's, what's going on? Is it like Instagram? Is it the news? What do you, what do you look at? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, the one I always start with is LinkedIn. I always go in and I'll just search hashtags through LinkedIn and I'll start reading it. Yeah. If something catches my eye, I'll pick it up and start reading it. And that's one way I, I, um, read an online magazine called CMO magazine. Um, so I'll dig through that content and kind of stay up to date on that. Social media examiner is a great one with Michael Stelzner. He, um, he has a podcast. He has a website um, where all his written stuff comes out. But um, the podcast is great because they're only like 30 minutes typically. Mm -hmm. So you can jump in and absorb that pretty quickly. Um, Neil Patel, uh, Marketing School, that's another really good one. He dives into a lot of um, really complex marketing strategies and does a great job of making them simple for everyone to understand. Um, those are just a few. I mean, if I find any randomly on Instagram, I definitely follow a bunch of business accounts and yeah. entrepreneur accounts. So if something worthwhile comes across my Instagram feed, I'll absolutely take that in. And if I feel that it's um, strong enough to share, I'll do that. Gotcha. Um, a recent blog on your website, you talked about um, some of the daily habits that you use for tracking yeah. Uh, which trends are working, including reading, networking, and mimicking success. So I wanted you to kind of explain, uh, you, you actually went into reading a little bit. Um, what about yeah. networking and mimicking success and how can you mimic success without, uh, you know, copying content or whatever it is? 
Yeah. So I was actually, I was thinking about that question before, um, before we got started, because that's a pretty complex thing. Like, what do you mean by mimic, but don't copy, you know? Um, one of the things that I found an example that was really strong is that Gary Vanderchuk, he put him and his company put out a video. Um, I think it was last week. It was, it was September 23rd. So he put out a video where he's talking about how to avoid regret take risks, do the things that you want to do, follow your dreams and avoid regret because regret is the most painful thing that you can have later in life. And he did it in movie style, which was really cool as a movie trailer. So I thought of this, like if you were to put out a movie trailer style video about avoiding regret and following your dreams and, you know, starting in that business or doing whatever it is that you wanted to do, that's copy. And people do that every day. Yeah. You see, you see all these mimic, yeah, oh yeah, you see all these mimicked videos all the time. But movie trailer might be a good idea, right? And now you make it your own style, you put your own content into it, everything like that. That's the mimicking because what he does works. People view it as authentic. They trust him because he puts out great content. So if you take some of those styles of content that he's using use those for yourselves, but put your own content, your own message, your own style into it. That's the type of mimicking that you want to do, not just a flat out copy, which we see all too often. Right, definitely. And in some ways it's kind of hard too, because oh, yeah. at this point everything's kind of been done, yeah. you know, uh, to a certain extent. So um, I get why people do that. They see it's working, they want overnight success. They think it's yeah. Work as uh, you know quickly for them, even though it didn't work quickly for him. Right. Um, yeah. And that's one of the things I think uh, the disadvantages of social media too is that people only see the upside of someone's life and they don't see the hard work that goes into it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think everyone's chasing the overnight success, and it would be nice. But uh, <laughs> but I th I think you working at a startup, me you know me working at a startup, we can vouch for the fact that. Um, that does not happen. It, it so rarely happens that success comes overnight. It's a grind. And um, you're right. I, I think that all too often Instagram feeds, social media feeds are all about the highlight reel. It's everything that you're winning at, but no one's showing the losses. And I really respect the people and we don't do a good, we don't do a good enough job of this on our socials, but we need to. And we've actually been talking about implementing like a failure day where we're showing the things that we're doing wrong because people, people need to see that. They can um, learn from it. Yeah, exactly. People need to see that. And that's one of the things that we talk about all the time is, okay, we screwed up here. Let's not dwell on the fact that we messed up. Let's see what we can learn from it. Let's glean something from this. That way, when the situation comes back again, we can move forward in a more positive way. People don't see that on social media. And I totally agree with you. Yeah. I think that, you know, they see people standing in front of private jets and Ferraris yeah, yeah, yeah. and think that they're going to start a business. And then the moment it gets hard, they quit. Yeah. So. Do you, can you give us some some harsh uh, entrepreneur reality for, for the people that, because that's a large part of our audience. So um, yeah. what is some, some entrepreneurship advice you have for people? Oh man, expect, just expect failure every day. I mean, there are things that you don't know when you're wearing a bunch of different hats. There are just things that smack you out of the blue, right? Where, you know, I, I, I run the books for our company. I, do accounting right now because we don't have the budget to bring on an accountant and there are things I learn about that on a daily basis because I'm not an accounting I wasn't an accounting major in college I don't know anything I'm just learning as I go there are things that 
we done content creation wise where it was just a complete mishap or there's just stupid little mistakes that you make all the time because you're trying to do a million different things at once. Like you send the wrong proposal to the wrong client and you lose them because it just, there's things like that every day and you have to expect it. And then I think the other thing we already touched on is you can't expect overnight success. If you do, you're probably going to quit because things get hard really quickly. And then when they do, you just throw in the towel because it's not what you expected. So you need to go in with the right expectations. Do you have any specific examples of failures or setbacks that you were able to bounce back from that you learned lessons from as well? Like maybe yeah. like a, a, a daily story or something that, that was like really big within your life? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, in our business, not even in life. Um, in life, there's plenty of stories. <laughs> we can do a whole podcast about that. Um, but, uh, but one of the things that happened some, somewhat early on in our business was we had built our client base to where we had our revenue to where we wanted it. Well, our capabilities as a team weren't where we needed them to be for that project output, right? Mm -hmm. So we had all these clients and all this revenue. They needed all this stuff done, but now we didn't have the bandwidth to get that work done. Our clients started to notice that. And, you know, we're working at that point 18, 19 hours a day trying to scramble and get all this done. The quality of the work begins to slip we start to lose clients. We really actually pretty much imploded um, early on in early on in our business because of that. And it's something that I've heard other entrepreneurs have happen. I've talked about this before with other people and it's a painful thing. You feel like an idiot to be frank, because you just see these clients start to slip away and they'll tell you you're doing a bad job. And the worst part about it is, you know, you're doing a bad job. Right. You're submitting these projects and you're like, this is not what it needs to be. Mm -hmm. They notice your company starts to, um, you know, starts to fall. Luckily enough, we were early on to where it didn't affect our reputation too poorly, mm -hmm. but it was definitely a lesson where moving forward, definitely you need to have the bandwidth to complete the projects before you take the projects. So yeah. was it a was, fear of, of not being able to succeed? Is that why you kept taking on projects? Cause you didn't want to turn it down any clients. I don't even know if it was fear of not being able to succeed. Like for me, I told you I'm like the hunter mentality. So for me, mm -hmm. I was like, Oh yeah, man, yeah. I'm closing all these deals and I'm getting all this new business. Right. Gotcha. Well now we can't satisfy all this new business. And mm -hmm. th that was, it was pretty massive failure at the beginning. It really, it really hurt us, but we've been able to bounce back from that and learn from it. <laughs> yeah. That won't happen again. Way too yeah. much pain. <laughs> Uh, what, what is one thing that you've had to unlearn throughout your journey? I think one thing that I've had to unlearn um, would be judging a book by its cover. And what I mean by that is we'll get somebody that may send us an email or give us a phone call and it may have their company name in it. And I'll jump on and see their website or something like that. And it's just so bad that maybe I would have used to have judged it and said, they don't have the budget to work with us or right. their stuff's not going to succeed. We, we won't be able to, they're in Los Angeles. We're in Nashville. We won't be able to communicate effectively enough to put out a good content strategy. Um, since then we've done this a million times where we jump on and um, you know, maybe that company with the terrible website was the, a $10 million company. They just haven't ever done anything with right. that website. Yeah. We actually just landed a new client. They were a fire protection company. And all of their stuff was completely outdated. Come to find out they're one of the biggest companies in Nashville. They have like 10 different divisions. I would have never 
two years ago, I'd, I would probably wouldn't have even taken the phone call yeah. because I wouldn't have thought they were a company that was going to be good for us to work with. But now I'm not judging the book by its cover. I'll get on that phone call because the initial phone call, I know we're all busy, but look, it's 15 minutes. We can pretty quickly discover, are we a good fit for each other? Are we going to you know, be able to work together in a way um, that is going to be effective for both of us going into the future? I think that's the thing is like, you know, or is it going to be effective for both of us, not just one party? Yeah, definitely. I, I, I've definitely been through that where I see, like you said, some of the biggest companies and they have these <laughs> terrible websites. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder how they've been able to last <laughs> this long uh, without social media, without yeah. Um, yeah, and two years ago, I would have said, no, you know, I'm not even going to take the phone call. But now I'm like, oh, yeah, take you the never phone know. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. Um, and what's the biggest thing you've learned about yourself in your leadership role and just yeah. as an entrepreneur? Yeah, biggest thing I've learned about myself is for sure that I need to always be spending time with introspection. And what I mean by that is I need to put myself in other people's shoes. And I think that's what every every leader struggles with is maybe a project doesn't get done at a certain deadline, or maybe there's just a blatant error that you think is completely unacceptable and you never would have done or whatever, but you need to be able to step back. And um, I put up a LinkedIn post about this yesterday, actually, you need to, you need to be able to step back and you need to talk about a, the issue and you need to not attack that person. Right. So that's one of the things that I'm definitely learning as I go is where it's easy. I mean, it's easy to get aggressive and it's easy to get angry and it's easy to take it out on the person because this is a high stress thing. You're in a startup. It's a high stress thing. You want to make this work so badly that emotions get high, tensions get high and stepping back as a leader and saying, okay, this is all going to work out. We're going to have an adult conversation. We're going to talk about the issue, figure out how to resolve it, move forward so that it won't happen again. I'm learning how to be a leader in that way where coming from an athletic background, maybe in the past, I mean, there's times where aggressions get way too high and right. I, I, you've got to stay away from that as a leader. Yeah. And, and, I'm that's, and that. that's acceptable in, in the, the sports industry. Too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it's, it's sometimes it's viewed as good, right. To chew yeah, yeah. somebody out or like things like that. And I just, I've found that especially in business, it, number one, it's not effective. It doesn't, yeah. It it doesn't well in sports too. I don't I don't think it's necessarily <laughs> effective. But it doesn't. Uh, mean, I, mean, I, I guess sometimes in sports it helps to motivate. Yeah, helps. I think I think that's true, and I think people confuse that in business where maybe there are times where we need a motivation, right? But um, when it comes to like dealing with a certain issue, I think to move to move forward and have progress from where we're at. Mm-hmm yelling at someone doesn't really work. You have to have an adult conversation because the moment you start attacking them, they're just going to tune you out. They're probably going to continue doing whatever they're doing yeah, in spite yeah. of you. Exactly. So, yeah. And as somebody who works in a startup um, and, you know, who has watched uh, the team that I work with and the mm-hmm. team that we have here grow um, since I met them, I will definitely say that that's uh, completely true. Empathy yeah. is a big one um, because I know as a team member, I'm going to go through things and I want the people you know, who are running the company to be able to understand that and to not uh, hold it against me or be hostile or be passive aggressive. Um, And and that's one of the things that we have. And that's one of the benefits of being in a startup. For sure. Create your own culture. Uh, What is the culture like at at your company? 
Yeah, so it's very much like that. Everyone has to say, I, I like one of my favorite quotes that I try to build, the, my wife and I try to build the culture off of is Mark Zuckerberg. I don't remember the quote, so I'm going to paraphrase it, but he talked about when he was first starting Facebook, he would only hire people that he saw himself being able to work for, right? Mm-hmm. So everyone that becomes a part of our company has something that we're not good at and they're smarter than us in some way that we we're not effective. Right. And we're smarter than them in ways that they're not effective. And when you build a team in that way, where you're not the overarching boss, mm-hmm. right. It, it, if you're better at everything in the company than everyone else, yeah. people are going to feel that. And I, I think that if everyone feels valuable and everyone feels like they can voice their ideas and that they're heard and that there's flexibility. We just want that startup type culture where mm-hmm. we're building a team. We're not building a, I'll use the word, maybe it's the wrong word to use, but I just envision it. It's that, that corporate, that like tight corporate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, that we all don't none, like. None of us want that. Right, exactly. Yeah, so we're trying to avoid building that. We want everyone to have a voice and um, be heard and have flexibility and all, all of that. That's, that's the culture we want. Gotcha. Um, so we talked about how to stay on top of trends, um, you know, how to make things yours, but mimic success as well. Uh, how do you help yourself stand out from all the other companies that are out there, all the other agencies that are out there in the brands? Yeah. One of the things that we do, and some people have openly disagreed with me about it, but one of the things that we try to do is we really sell the fact that we're a small team. Um, and as we grow, that's going to become more difficult. Um, but we're still going to try to do it because people love feeling like they're a part of a family. They like feeling like they're a part of a team. I found that so far the relationships I have with my clients, I've definitely missed deals that I probably could have gotten with that bigger team feel or whatever it is. But I build these deep relationships to where these people will tell me about their families. They'll tell me about personal issues they're having. And I like that. I think that's what business is all about. I think that building those relationships is what we're in this for. And so having that, is something that helps us stand out for sure. Um, and I think being being real, and it, it sounds cliche because everyone's on social media talking about being real, but then not a lot of people are being real. Um, we just try to be real. We try to you know openly tell the truth on everything that we're doing. And I think that helps us stand out as well because it gives people a breath of fresh air. Yeah, have you noticed that that approach to sales has worked better than the very direct approach? It's funny. I, I actually have, um, you know, I feel, I feel like when you're just kinder, pe- people are done. I, it still works, but people really get uncomfortable with that aggressive hardball sales. Like you can, yeah. you can definitely make it work. I mean, for sure there's salespeople that do it on a daily basis, but the other thing, if you want to build a true relationship and I think being in client services as an agency you have to build a relationship. It's not a transactional sale. This isn't just give me your credit card and we're done. This is, right. we're jumping in. We're right. jumping in for a year. Yeah. Right, yeah, exactly. So yeah, exactly. They got to trust you. There's got to be that that authenticity and that realness. And it's definitely helped us. Yeah. What are some of the things you use to measure uh, impact in your work? Oh man, I, I mean, honestly, we don't tangibly measure like impact per se. Obviously we have Cape. KPIs and all the things like, are we meeting all these numbers? We have all of those, but when it comes to impact, it's just how many meaningful conversations are we having with our clients? Do we feel like 
Kevin trusts us do you know what I mean like that that kind of thing we sit down and we talk about that like how is the personal relationship with this client and we'll have that between team members like how how was your conversation today on your monthly strategy call did it go well do you feel like they're happy do you feel like they trust you are they upset about anything we're doing as a company are they upset with you we have those that's so I guess those type of meetings those types of conversations is how we'll measure the actual impact that we're having yeah and, and what do you enjoy oh go ahead. Oh, I would say KPIs wise we met all the standard marketing KPIs okay. you know we're measuring those but impact for sure is, is that important. like uh, social media sales and, and oh yeah yeah you know you know like has your revenue increased you know follower increase engagement rate all, all those things yeah yeah. Is there a secret that you can share about um, how to increase your social media engagement? Yeah, um, I don't know that it's a secret because it's out there, but it works and no one well, does yeah, it. One thing it you do. Yeah, this, it, this takes so much time, but it's called community relationship building. I don't, people don't really have the name for it. It's not really out there very often, but Gary Vaynerchuk talks about it all the time. And it's where you're going into relevant hashtags on whatever platform you're on and you're actually authentically engaging with people. You're not just leaving emojis or you're not just leaving nice or something like that. You're, you're actually saying like, wow, I love the lighting on that picture. And then maybe even asking a question, what setting did right. you use on your camera? And then all of a sudden you've opened dialogue and people don't like to do that because it takes time. I mean, you can literally spend hours doing this, but the relationships that you build are really important, right? Because a follower on Instagram doesn't mean more sales for your company, but a meaningful conversation through Instagram that maybe moves to a phone call or email or whatever that might lead to more business. And if you're using social media for business purposes, which all of us on here are, that's what you need to be thinking about. It's more about engagement. It's more about meaningful conversation and relationships than that follower account. And people are, they're still too hung up on that. So. Yeah. yeah. I think that's why people are using bots more than, more Absolutely. than ever. Absolutely. Yeah. And this is just like a, a PSA for everyone out there. Um, all of the platforms are picking up now. They're algorithmically picking up when you're using bots and accounts are being shut down. It's actually funny. We had a client who she's way too hung up on her follower account. And we told her like, it's, it, we're, your engagement rate's amazing. Like all this stuff, like this is good. Trust me. She needs more followers. She needs more followers. Well, she hooked up a bot to her account. And I go on to do some management on the account and her account was shut down. Wow. And I called her on the phone. I said, Hey, so, uh, what's <laughs> why is your account shut down? And we get to have that conversation, you know? So yeah, yeah don't, don't. Okay. You. Can, can you get their profile back after they're caught using bots or is it? Yeah. yeah you, it's temporarily shut down. I don't actually know the time frame. It's different for each platform, but they'll temporarily shut you down if they catch you. I mean, some people are using them still. Some people out there are probably listening to me right now. Like I, I use one, you know, <laughs> you know, so you don't always get caught, but if it senses that you're, um, I can't remember the exact wording, but it, I think uh, on LinkedIn, it happened to a LinkedIn account we were using as well, or we were managing as well, and it said you're visiting an unusually high number of LinkedIn accounts, and it temporarily shuts you down for 24 hours. So, wow. um, yeah, yeah they, they can sense that, and it, I think that um, I think that people on the platforms can sense that. They, uh, yeah, you can tell. Yeah, you know when it's a bot, and you're and never you gonna buy. Have thousand followers, and you have five comments. Exactly. Exactly, and that's the quickest way for us to not work with a company. Actually, is that we don't take that kind of business. Like, if if someone sends us their socials for an audit or something like that, because it's way too hard to recover that. If you have a hundred thousand followers and you're getting twenty six likes on your pictures, yeah. 
it's very difficult for us to turn that around and then it looks bad on us and it's just not right. a good relationship. Yeah, I think that comes back to what we were talking about earlier, the overnight success thing yep. and people trying to cheat the system, whether yep. it's for appearance or whether it's to get brand deals because yep. they think that, you know, brands are going to want to work with them if they have more followers. <laughs> Right. And then find out they can't sell the product. So, exactly. You know, it doesn't matter either way. What right. uh, What do you enjoy most about your work? Man, I just love building relationships with all my clients. That's my favorite thing. I think my wife would say differently. She probably loves the creative side and doing all of that. But I love all the relationships we have with our clients. There, you know, things go wrong on a daily basis. It seems like, and um, there's def definitely been difficult conversations that have been have been had excuse me sorry i couldn't get that out but um but yeah i mean just getting to talk with them and getting to know them on a personal level like yeah. one of our clients we actually wrapped up a project with him he's on pause right now we're not working with him but we still meet for coffee after he works out at the gym and like we just talk and um it's fun you know that that that's my favorite part about running this business yeah and those relationships usually lead to like referrals or exactly or maybe even our organic friendships so. exactly um, yep we talked about how high stress uh, entrepreneurship and working in a startup can be. Um, how do you deal with that stress? What are some self-care techniques you have? Yeah, um, I feel like if you're on listening to popular podcasts, this becomes cliche as well. But I think things become cliche because they work because people are actually using them. So I actually wake up and I have the morning routine that we've all heard about. You know, I wake up and I do a meditation and I do some brain exercises and I do some reading and some journaling and things like that to where I'm at a centered spot when I begin working. And I always, it doesn't matter when I'm going to start working. Like there, if I'm on a call with international clients, like for example, tomorrow I have a call at 3.15 in the morning with a client over in Australia. That's the only time we could hook up to be on the phone. So my sleep schedule is going to be really messed up. But three hours before I start work in the morning, I, that 3.15 call is not going to count. I'm sorry. I'm not waking up at midnight to do everything. But, <laughs> but, but right yeah, yeah, exactly. But at 5 a.m., I'm going to get out of bed. I'm going to do my workout, my meditation, everything like that, do my morning routine. That way I'm centered for 8 a.m. That's my next phone call. I'm, I'm you know, I'm off and running for the day. And then I think one of the things that gets put by the wayside is that as an entrepreneur, you have this long, stressful day. Sometimes it's 15, 16, 20 hours, whatever it might be. Then you just lay down in bed right after getting off the screen. Well, I think that you got to find a way to shut down at night. And I know that, yeah, yeah. I, I know that people say like, stay away from the TV. But one of the things I do that people are going to tell me is wrong is I, I watch TV every night before I go to bed, I'll watch like an episode of the office or whatever it might be just to get my brain off of everything else to where I'm just relaxed and then I'll go to bed and knock it out again tomorrow. Yeah. I was, I was actually thinking about that uh, a yeah. couple of days ago is how we, especially us in the tech industry mm. go from screen to screen. Yeah. All day. And sometimes I notice I won't even take time. I, I, I'll be looking at screens all day. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Shut it down and go to sleep. It's crazy, and, yeah. I think it's so unhealthy. Like, I don't think humans are supposed to be as No, that's are. right. Two of the, I, I make sure to get some sort of workout in every day, whatever it might be. My plans change all the time. So whatever it might be, I'll get a workout. And then I also, I, I read a lot. So reading is important to me. And, you know, just... A physical book or you read on the, uh, the Kindle? Both. Or Okay. Uh, or audio book and physical audio book. book. I, try to have, I try to have one physical book and one audio book going at the same time. So. Yeah. Okay. So reading, working out, meditating. Those yep. are 
all, all the things we hear, but then people kind of throw to the wayside and because it's, it's, it's kind of like the engaging on social media. It takes time. So people yeah. don't do it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so leave us with one takeaway for everyone who's watching or listening about timing the next big trends in marketing or just some advice that you have for them. Yeah. Um, I think what you reference it in the blog post is read or listen or whatever it is. Take in content on a daily basis related to these marketing trends. So find a resource. There are literally thousands out there. Find one or two that you really like. Maybe it's LinkedIn. Maybe it's a podcast that you like. Maybe you love Gary Vaynerchuk's videos he puts on Instagram. Whatever it is, find something that you like and do it on a daily basis. I think that when I was, I, I play, I play guitar. I, when I learned how to play guitar when I was young, there was a teacher that told me it's better to practice 15 minutes every single day than it is to sit down on Saturday morning and practice for three hours and then not touch it again the rest of the week. Mm. We have to take this content in on a daily basis, even if it's on a small level, because as you do that, you begin speaking the language. It starts to become second nature. When you start to hear things related to your industry, your brain starts to go to different, uh, you know, you're, you're solving different problems. You're thinking of different things that you might be able to implement into your business. And if you're doing that on a daily basis, it starts to happen pretty quickly. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, thank you, Mitch, for all your uh, incredible insight on marketing and social media. Um, tell everyone again where they can find you to learn more uh, and find Showtime Media Management. Yeah, yeah. Follow us on Instagram at Showtime Media MGMT. Um, you can head over to our website, showtimemediamgmt.com. We have blog posts. We have a podcast called the Along the Way Podcast. If you want to find that wherever, uh, wherever you find your podcasts, um, you know, that, that's on there. We come out with a weekly episode, and that's more related to just entrepreneurial journey, I think. Okay. Are um, you the host of that? I, my, my wife and I actually, yeah, okay. we co-host that together. Um, so that's one of the, one of the things you can find. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, Mitch Schoenman. Um, I post daily content there. Um, Very responsive. Uh, <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, LinkedIn, LinkedIn's my favorite place to put out content because I like putting out right, written content. So that's my favorite place. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, thank you again, Mitch, for joining me. Um, and this webinar was brought to you by Penji. We provide on-demand graphic design to businesses, startups, marketing teams, agencies, and more. So check us out at Penji.co for more information about that. Also, the webinar will be available on our website as soon as next week and also on our Facebook page immediately so that people can watch it later. So another thank you to my guest, Mitch. <laughs> and to everyone else watching and listening, have a safe and productive rest of your day.